listening to Rising Above with Becky Davidson. Sometimes it's very lonely. Even with family around, it, it's lonely. It, that's just the truth. It gets lonely and you feel like the person that you would go and talk to about certain things, they, they don't feel like listening to it. Like they, they're in pain or they, they have something that they just, they can't focus on what you have to say. And it does feel lonely, but God is there. Welcome to Rising Above with Becky Davidson, where we hear from special needs families who rise above difficult circumstances and discover that joy can be found in every story. Thank you for joining us. Here's your host, Becky Davidson. Hey friends, I am so glad you are joining us this week. And before we get started, moms, I want to make sure that you know that tickets for this year's Buy the Brook weekend are now on sale. So Buy the Brook is our weekend event that we plan every summer for moms of children with disabilities. And it's coming up on June 23rd and 24th. And you are not going to want to miss this year's fun and relaxing weekend that we are planning just for you. So we will include a link in the show notes so you can find out more about it. So be sure to go and check it out, moms, because it's going to be an amazing, encouraging weekend just for you. Now, most of you know that our guests are typically parents of children with disabilities, but this week we have a very special guest, and I can't wait to introduce you to Connie Hale. Now, Connie is a homeschool mom of two and wife to Josh, and six years ago, their lives were turned upside down when her husband had a life-altering accident at work and Connie became his caregiver. And I was so inspired by her faith and the attitude that she has chosen on this journey. And I know that you will be inspired as well. So here's the conversation that I had with Connie Hale. Hey, Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. I am excited to have you on the show and I can't wait to hear more about your story. So thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So we are actually, we live in the same town. I believe that you are, oh, awesome. are you Are you in Cookville? Well, I'm actually right outside of Cookville okay. in a little area called Brush Creek. Brush, I know about Brush Creek. I've heard yes. of Brush Creek. Okay, well, okay. I was thinking that you were in Cookville, but you're just down the road a little way. So yes. I'm in Cookville a lot. You're in Cookville a lot. Well, I, um, I heard about you through Deanna, who works here with us at Rising Above, and she shared your story and she was like, Connie needs to be on the podcast um, to tell her story. And this one's going to be a little bit different because most of the time uh, I'm interviewing moms who have children with disabilities, but your story is a little bit different. And we're going to unpack that as we get into this episode. So as we get started, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do. And we know you live in Brush Creek, so just down the road. But uh, what else can you share with us about your family? Well, I am a homeschooling mom of two of the most wonderful kids in the world. (laughs) And um, I was a former elementary school teacher and uh, I I enjoyed teaching. But once I had Silas, he's my firstborn, I cried every day going to work because I wanted to be with him. Mm -hmm. And so Josh had gotten a new position and the Lord made a way for me to come home and I was happy to take it. Uh, Later, we had Josie. And um, I just decided that I wanted to be home with them to homeschool. So I taught online for a while and I've done some software and sales for companies so that I can be at home with my family. Mm, That's so great. So homeschool moms, 
just respect that so much because I can't, I can only imagine uh, all the work that goes into that, but all the love that goes into that as well. But your family um, experienced a, a life shattering, life altering uh, situation back in July of 2016. So share with us a little bit about what happened on that day. Well, I um, had went to eat lunch with my mom. My mom and I have always been very close. And so the kids and I went to have lunch with her that day. And I remember when I got to the table, I got a phone call from Josh's boss. And those are never good because, well, he never called me. And so um, when I answered the phone, I could tell in his voice that something was wrong. And he didn't want to scare me. So he just said, you know, Josh had been in an accident his leg was broken and I needed to just come to the hospital to do some insurance things. And so, um, I went and I told my mom, I said, I I need to go. Uh, Josh has been hurt and I don't know how bad it is, but I need you to take care of the kids and I have to go. Mm -hmm. So she had my dad drive me to meet my in-laws because she didn't want me driving. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, we went and met, uh, his aunt, worked right down the road. The, the accident happened in Lebanon and she worked right down the road. So she beat us to the hospital. I remember when we went to the entrance, she come out with tears in her eyes and she said, it is not a broken leg. She said, I was not prepared for what I was going to see. And you need to be prepared when you go in there that he is not in a good condition. And so of course my heart just sank mm-hmm. and, um, all the, the questions and the, just, I just needed to see him at that point. Yeah. So when we got in there, and I, and I saw him, he, um, he was, he was in a very bad condition. He was covered in blood and in just, he, he couldn't carry on a conversation. He would go in and out when he would try to talk, he would just kind of stop. And it was almost like he would fall asleep for a little while. And then he would come back and carry on the rest of a conversation. But, um, I remember them telling me pretty quickly that they didn't have the facilities to take care of him and that mm-hmm. we would need to get him to Vanderbilt pretty quickly. So we yeah. spent, that the rest of the night at the ER at Vanderbilt, where they continued to come in and do some testing. Um, but they were focused on his leg because at that point, that's what was not where it should have been. And that's where everything, that's where all the action was taking place. Right. And he, he didn't get surgery until the next morning. And I remember none of us slept that night because he was in pain and they had to come in and set his leg three different times. Oh my goodness. Because it was so shattered into so many pieces that they just couldn't put it all back together. And so, um, I remember I, I I just wanted to see my babies. I had Mm. never been away from my kids. Mm. Um, never overnight. My little boy was three and my little girl was nine months old and Uh he, he called crying because he wanted his mom. Of course, He wanted his mommy and mommy wasn't there and he loved his granny, but it was getting nighttime and mm-hmm. mommy, he needed mommy. Mm-hmm. And I remember just sitting there, just, just crying, crying to God, crying just in general of, you know, why, why did this mm-hmm. need to happen? Because I, I just wanted to be with my kids and I just wanted our family to be normal. Mm-hmm. And I knew when I looked at him that it wasn't ever going to be normal again. And, and that was in that moment, you, you, had that sense things were going to be different from then on. Yes. So take us a little step further 
How long did you have to spend, you know, how long were you in the hospital? Did he go to rehab? What did all that look like? Well, he should have. And that was that was part of the things. And I, I know anybody that has dealt with workers' compensation can understand mm-hmm. <laughs> the difficulties that that brings. But he was actually hurt on Friday and we were sent home with nothing on Monday. What, what, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just like taken aback by that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. So I remember when when the adjuster called and she said, you know, I apologize that this happened. What do you think that you need? And at the time I was 28 years old. I didn't know what I needed to take care of an individual that needed as much care as my husband needed. And I said, well, I know that I need a way to get him in the house. Like he can't he can't bend his legs. He can't walk. He can't do anything for himself at this point. I don't know what I need, but I know I have to have him. I know I need a way to get him in. And at that point, I also realized that we weren't going back to our home. I knew that I had to have help because, yeah. again, I had a baby, yeah, a three-year-old, and now somebody that was going to require around-the-clock care. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how long he was going to require that kind of care. So luckily, my mom and dad were, of course, you come in here. There's no question the neighbor came down and built a um, a ramp up into their house out of just old pallet wood, but they just kind of come together and we had to do what we had to do to get Josh home because they weren't going to send him to rehab. They weren't going to do anything else. And it was one of those things where we were like, okay, so we just took, I just had to put one step in front oh of the other God. and take one, not even day at a time, one really minute at a time mm-hmm. just to process and figure out, okay, now how am I going to take care of him? What does this look like? I didn't have a nursing background. My background was elementary education and they would come in and telling me, okay, you're going to have to give him shots in his stomach every day for 21 days so that his blood doesn't clot. And I'm like, I don't know how to give a shot. Oh my god! I mean, just the little things that yeah. I was like, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But I did know how to schedule. So that was good. I had taken, you know, my, my skills of scheduling and right. figuring things out. And they loaded me down with a lot of medication and a promise that they would have a wheelchair um, waiting on me at an area that I had to send my cousin to pick it up. He met me at my mom and dad's house with the chair. And um, I remember I thought, how are we going to get him home? (laughs) Because he can't ride in a car. He can't bend his leg. Um, But my aunt, her husband, had uh, been injured many, many years before and had recently um, had a stroke. So they had to purchase a handicap van. Mm -hmm. But because his wheelchair didn't have the leg that extended out, we just had to, a nurse picked Josh up and put him in the back of the van And I rode in the middle holding his leg as to not fall down off of the where he had it propped on the seat. And we rode home while my dad drove from Nashville to they lived in Short Mountain. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm still just trying to process through all this because I can't even imagine you're 28 years old. You have these two little children. You've your husband has experienced this horrific accident and you're, you know, they're already sending you home and you're not even getting to go to your home. And so how topsy-turvy everything must have felt to you. And so once you got to your parents' house, you know, what did that look like in those early days? You know, did they, did he have rehab? Did he have, what did that look like? So we spent 
my dad and I, who my dad was in his 70s at the time, he would help me lift him up out of uh, just a regular bed. They eventually, it took maybe a week, and they sent a hospital bed, and they sent a potty chair, one of those bedside chairs. But my aunt luckily had one that we could borrow beforehand, and we just sat it beside his bed. And so when he needed to go to the bathroom, he would he would holler, and I stayed in the room with him all the time. So mm-hmm. I would have to go and get my dad and we would luckily Josh is a little guy <laughs> and we would lift him up out of the bed and I would prop as many pillows as it took to hold his leg out straight so that he didn't have to bend that leg because it was in a, in a terrible condition and he was in a, a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And so moving him at all was very painful. Yeah. So I would just prop it up and I would hold it for him. And I had to, he needed everything from, I meant wiping to mm-hmm. um, bathing to all of it. I had to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't till much later that he got some therapy, but, and it was, it wasn't a lot of therapy, but he, he did get a little bit of physical therapy later on, but there were so many injuries that weren't addressed because mm-hmm. he just didn't get the time in the hospital that. I felt like he probably should have gotten. Mm -hmm. And so we kept, every time we would go back, there were more issues that were raising question. Mm -hmm. Um, Like why he wasn't able to move his leg at all, because if it had just been where it tore through and broke the tibula fibula and tore through the tendons and things, it shouldn't, he should have been able to move the upper part of his leg. Mm -hmm. So we found out later that there was lots of nerve damage where the, it was a, I call it a catwalk. It was a, um, like a ladder that went up on the side of a piece of equipment. And when you, when he pulled it out, like a a sock drawer or pant drawer, it should have caught, Mm -hmm. but the chain that he checked before it broke in half. And so the whole thing come out on top of him and just crushed him to the, just threw him to the ground and landed on both of his legs. It ended up bending one of them behind it. Lots of, lots of graphics that go along with that, that we don't probably need to share, but it, it ended up doing lots of damage. He had pelvic floor damage. So he was having accidents and and we couldn't understand why he wasn't able to control his bladder even Mm -hmm. later on. So we had back to the doctor and back to doing tests and found out that his bladder was affected neurogenic mm-hmm. uh, bladder. And so, but we learned you have to go on a schedule right? and you just have to time it. And sometimes that gets better and sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. but there was just lots of questions that, that weren't getting addressed. Mm-hmm. And then his arm would shake, his left arm would shake a lot. If he would do much with it later on in when he was doing exercises, it was called clonus and it would just shake uncontrollably and they couldn't understand why that happened. Well, they did some, um, testing and realized that there was nerve damage higher up in his shoulder. And, um, when I, when I got to him, I remember asking, did he have a stroke because his left side looked like it had been drawn and he wasn't able to carry on a conversation, but they didn't test for that at the hospital. And by the time that they did start doing some tests, it was a couple of years later. So no one could really answer those questions for us. Wow. That, uh, that goodness, I'm, you know, I'm trying to envision myself at 28 and having two littles and all that went along with that. It sounds like you had some great support with your family that made all the difference for you. 
So this yes. was what, six years ago? Is that right? Yes, it will be seven years this July. So about six and a so, half years yeah. ago. So let's fast forward to today. What are things like for him today? And, you know, what's the level of care um, for that? how things are right now? Well, Josh is a fighter and he is a strong believer in the Lord, as we all are. And we have prayed for his healing and we continue to pray for his healing. And Josh was actually able to walk in. I go to church with Deanna Mm -hmm. and we were actually, he was actually able to walk into church a couple of months ago with a cane and not a wheelchair, which is not something he's supposed to be able to do. He is a little risky on it because Mm. he has osteoporosis Mm. in his spine and in his hips that they told us if he fell that it would break. But Josh is, again, he's a fighter and he, um, we believe that the Lord is going to heal him and he has healed him in so many ways that we didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And so now he gives himself a bath. I I try to stay close to the bathroom when he's in there. We have a walk-in shower. So I, I'm right there either inside or right outside of the bathroom when he's, Mm -hmm. when he takes his showers but I would call our life much more normal now because the level of care he needs is, is very minimal. He, he has to take shots, but now he's capable of giving them to himself mm-hmm. because he found out early on, I was a terrible shot giver. <laughs> he's like, I'll take that over. Yeah. Yes. And so he, he is able to do that himself. Now he has to take shots for osteoporosis to try to build some bones back. But, um, he, he does really well. He does really well. He works hard every day. He does his own therapy. He uses um, heat. He uses colors. He uses sounds to to ease his pain. He hasn't taken a narcotic in since I think eight to ten weeks after his surgery. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'm not doing this. I don't want to live like this." And God has given him the strength, and he has learned how to calm himself mm-hmm. using natural things that that just nor you just don't normally think yeah. of. Yeah. Now, is he able to work? So he's learning, he's working on learning the stock market, which is something he can do at home. Mm-hmm. He was wonderful with welding, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't know unless the Lord decides that that's what he wants him mm-hmm. to do. I don't think that's something that he's going to be able to do, but he's wonderful with woodwork. And yeah. so he can prop himself between things and he he works on different things and keeps busy and he is working hard to, to start over again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know firsthand um, what it's like to be, you know, I'm, I'm a, the mom to my son who has disabilities, but my husband before, before he passed away um, required very high level care um, for lots of, lots of things. And so I know um, what that's like to be a caregiver for your spouse. And there's so many challenges that come along with being the caregiver for your spouse when, you know, especially when it's, I think when it's a husband and they're so used to being the warrior and the fighter for their family. And then when they're in a position where they're not able to do that and the wife has to come in, I know that's so hard. I, I remember my husband used to say to me, he's like, I'm so sorry that you're having to do all this for me. But I, I would tell him, I'm like, if if it was me, if I was the one laying here in the hospital bed, or if I was the one who was needing help, you would be so willing and so happy to help me. And so it is my joy and my honor to help you. So what what has your experience been um, being 
the caregiver um, to your husband when, especially in those early days when he, you know, needed so much additional help? Yes, I told him, well, we joke about it now, but I told him, I said, it was like having a newborn all over again. Mm, yeah, it's true. So without the sweet little snuggles that you <laughs> yeah. got in the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Josh was so appreciative and it was, it was humbling, I think, for both of us. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like you said, I had to, I had to start doing things that I normally didn't do. Yeah. Um, just the, and I didn't realize the day-to-day things that he took care of Mm -hmm. until he wasn't able to take care of them. So I, I learned really quick how to, how to lift and tug and pull and change things and do things that I didn't realize that I had the ability to do. Mm -hmm. But it's it's amazing what God gives you the ability to do when you have to do it. Yeah. And and that was kind of what he was so appreciative. And he he was so at first it was very embarrassing for him mm-hmm. for me to have to bathe him, for me right. to have to to take care of the bathroom issues mm-hmm. and things. And he would always apologize. And I would tell him it's it's I mean, it's okay, you know. Yeah. And and it was another thing. It was if it were me, you would do it for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful that I'm here to be able to do this for you. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that, yeah. that I'm learning. I'm not the best at it right now, mm-hmm. but I'm learning yeah. and I'm able to take care of you and and not have to send you somewhere for mm-hmm. someone else to do it because yeah. I was luckily I was home. I was home yeah. already. Um, and, and that changed, you know, things, but that I was home and I could take care of him and it wasn't, I didn't have to ask for time off. I was there. And that was such a blessing in that time. It's it's so huge, and and just that you know that sacrificial love, and and of course, you know it, it's our honor to be able to do that. Yes. And um, so I know that you've had great family support, but how have other people come alongside over these past six years to help support your family? Because I know you know I'm sure um, just getting to appointments maybe or caring for kids and all the things, you know, when you, when your husband is, is needing help and you're needing to help him, how have other people come alongside to, to support and help your family? I have heavily depended on my mom and dad. Mm. Thankfully they were both retired. And so they were able to come in when we had appointments, they take care of my kids every time Mm -hmm. that even still Josh has regular appointments for osteoporosis, for pain, for different things, he has to go to different appointments, and most of our appointments are in Chattanooga, so that's an all-day affair. Yeah, but my mom and dad have always dropped what they were doing, whatever that looked like, and they would come and they would stay with my kids, or I would drop my kids off at their house on the way. Um, other people, uh, Josh's cousin is a chiropractor in Smithville, and he gives Josh regular adjustments, mm. and he gives me regular adjustments, yeah. and he keeps us aligned, and I can't. I can't thank him enough mm-hmm. for all the help because I feel like that that has also helped with Josh's healing mm-hmm. is that chiropractic care that he gives him. And I know that it helps me because I have had to lift and tug and pull yeah. and do. Yeah. And so when I was in pain, I could go and he would, he, and he still does. He adjusts us every week mm-hmm. and helps take care of us. But my family has been such an amazing support mm-hmm. system to us. They have been there from the very beginning and they're still there now. So, so helpful when, you know, people can come alongside and help us when, uh, you know, it's just a lot. It is a lot just doing the day-to-day and then you add in the extra care level that goes along with that. And, you know, when we have these 
hard, challenging, life-altering things that happen in our life, that's oftentimes when we see God show up in crazy big ways. So how have you seen God um, show up and provide for your family during the, you know, this last six years of since your husband's accident and all the changes that happened in your family since then? Well, um, our, the, the lawyer that had to represent us Mm -hmm. with uh, Josh's case, he, um, he did not charge us what he could have charged us to help represent us. He was so, he, he guided me through everything, all the questions, all the, because I, I originally didn't want, I didn't want to get a lawyer. I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to be able to go through the process and, and just do that. But at the end, um, it wasn't an option. Yeah. It was one of those things where we were actually told that you, you are going to need legal representation, but God just puts people in your life, mm-hmm. um, that you, that you need when you need it. And, uh, Ken Berger, come into our life. And I did not know him prior to Josh's accident, but he has been such a blessing. He was so willing to help me without any compensation. He was willing to guide me through questions and, and how to get the care Josh needed Mm -hmm. because, um, we, we were going to need a vehicle to get Josh around in. Mm -hmm. And he was able to guide me into getting, um, him a a truck that would get him in, would get his wheelchair in that he was able to slide over. He was able to learn to drive it. And, um, and people would, would someone dropped off money anonymously Mm. at the the house one time. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, they just left some money, didn't say who it was from. Mm -hmm. Um, but they just left it. And of course that was one of those times where we needed that to make ends meet that Mm -hmm. month. And, and it just showed up and I don't know who it was. I don't know how, who to thank for it, but God does. Yeah. There were just many times where meals would come in, people Mm -hmm. would come and they would bring food and they would just come or they would call. And, um, and it was just lots of people that would show up and be there when we needed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's what I love is so often, you know, we're the ones who are in need, but then there are times that we get to be the ones who, to be a blessing back. And yes. um, so it just, it, that's how it just kind of works. It ebbs and flows and we can help people and then people come alongside and help us. And, you know, what has God shown you, you know, these, this, these six years um, of your husband's accident, the, the recovery process, him still, I mean, your life it's, it's changed forever. Your life is not uh, the way that it was when you when you said I do all those years ago. You know, your life looks different. So what has God shown you and taught you um, along this journey? He has taught me that he is so faithful. He is so incredibly faithful. Um, when you don't know what the next minute is going to look like, mm-hmm you learn to, to pray a lot. Yeah. And I've also learned forgiveness through the process Yeah, because it's easy to get angry with, with, um, with people that don't give the care or don't do the things that you know that are needed and that Mm -hmm. you're having to fight to get just, just the minimal care, just to get Mm -hmm. the minimal things that you need. 
And um, sometimes it seems, you know, it was, it was like, this is not fair. This is Mm -hmm. not the way this is supposed to be. When someone gets hurt, you're supposed to take care of them. Mm -hmm. But um, I've learned that it's, it's easy to, to fall into a rut of complaining, Mm. but that's not, that's not what, where God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And I learned that when I would look at it as a blessing and Mm -hmm. when I would choose to be joyful Mm -hmm. that I can help others, because if I I tell my kids in Sunday school, I said, if you walk around with a grouchy attitude all the time, I said, you can't share Jesus with people. So nobody wants to talk to somebody that's grumpy or complaining or depressed. I said, you have to live with joy and you have Mm -hmm. to understand that you there's good in everything god is so so incredibly good and he 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 wants the best for us Mm -hmm. we are his children and he loves us yeah um but he gives us choice to to choose joy Mm -hmm. and he gives us choice that we can choose to be grouchy and complain and feel sorry for ourselves Mm -hmm. And, you know, there at the beginning, I guess i probably did feel sorry for myself when i you know didn't understand and was but I, I learned to quickly turn that into um, thankfulness mm-hmm. and yes. God prepared me through Josh to take care of my mom. Mm. She was in an accident um, as a oh pedestrian walking wow. across the street to the funeral home. And I remember that night and I thought, God just gave me a huge amount of peace when that happened. And I felt so much more prepared in that. And I know that that kind of sounds funny, but I thought, you know what? I got this. I can take care of somebody Mm -hmm. now. I know how to do this. I already had the equipment to do it. Mm -hmm. And when they were contemplating whether to send her home or send her to rehab, I said, I can, I know how to do this now. Mm -hmm. Please send her home. Mm. And it was, it was that, you know, she had given to me, her and my dad had taken care of us and and Mm -hmm. done so many things for us. And we were able to give back. back. So beautiful. Um, and we were talking about that just a minute ago. You know, sometimes yes. people are given to us and then sometimes we get to be the ones who give back. And I could not agree more on the gratitude piece because that for me, that's a game changer every single time, every single time when when there's a hard day, if I can choose that gratitude piece of, of life, then it flips it. It flips yes. the story every single time. Yes. And, you know, I know that there are some some of our listeners who are in the same position that you and I have been in as caregivers for our spouse. And so what would you say um, to someone who is being a caregiver for their spouse as it relates to marriage? You know, I know a lot of people, when they get in these situations, they choose not to stay. They choose not to, to, to stick it out. And... Um, what would you say to those those people to encourage them, the, the other listeners who maybe are right now caring for their spouse? I would definitely say that um, for better, for worse, mm-hmm. is it, it's, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't promise us that it's going to be easy. Yeah. But I feel like in those times, you know, when when Paul was in prison and they were crying out to the Lord, he he puts us in situations sometimes or he gives us the opportunity to be in a situation at times to show us that it's not about us. Mm -hmm. It's about him. And, um, I feel like that if we can, can know that we, we're not alone. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's very lonely, Yes, even with family around, even Mm -hmm. with it's lonely. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's just the truth. It gets lonely and you feel like, you know, 
the person that you would go and talk to about certain things, they, they don't feel like listening to it. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're in pain or they, yeah. they have something that they just can't, they can't focus on what you have to say. And it mm-hmm. does feel lonely, but God is there mm-hmm. and he is our provider and he, he honestly cares for us and he mm-hmm. doesn't want us to worry about it. It's not for us to be anxious and to worry. He, he comes along and he always makes a way. Yeah. And I promise that if you stick it out, if you choose to see the blessings in it, Josh gets to be home with our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many children get to grow yeah. up with their daddy at home yeah. Yeah. and they get to have conversations with him about, um, salvation mm-hmm. about just day-to-day life about mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And we get to have these little conversations that we wouldn't have gotten to have yeah. had Josh been leaving to go to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it makes a difference that your attitude makes a difference. And I just feel like if this testimony helps just one person, mm-hmm. then all the pain and all the mm-hmm. suffering, if we can point some, just one person to mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And, and let people know that there, there's hope. There is so much hope, even in the disabilities, even in the, the accidents and the situations, God gives us hope and he, he lets us choose how we, you, like I said, he, you can, you can be down and out about it, or you can choose joy. And if you choose joy and you see the little things that God lets us, we celebrate just little things, you know, that normal people would take for granted. Mm -hmm. And he, he's taught me so much patience because I know some of the times I would get frustrated with people that didn't understand the disability Mm -hmm. or they would do little things that I would, I was like, what are you doing? Right. Right. it's, It's honestly, when you look at it from, they just don't know. Right. It's not a, no, they're not trying to be ugly to mm-hmm. me. They're not trying to, to do something to hurt me. They yes. just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to kind of step back and, and, and realize that people, most people have, have really good intentions. Yeah. Most people love people, not mm-hmm. everybody, right. but most people love people and yeah. most people want to help. Most people just don't know how to help. Know how. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the, that's the thing. They don't mm-hmm. know. It's not an ugly, yeah. they're not out to get you. They just mm-hmm. don't know they what don't you're dealing with. Yeah. And then it's awkward for people that have not lived it. It's awkward. Like they don't know how to approach you. Mm -hmm. They don't know what you need. A lot of times they don't want to be in your way. Right. Um, so again, I just feel like it's a misunderstanding sometimes Mm -hmm. between people that just, they just don't understand. Yeah. And when you get that in your mind and you know, people are not out to get Mm -hmm. me and they're not out to do me dirty. They just don't understand. And then you can smile about it and you can Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I can take this opportunity to teach people right, and to help them understand because yeah. you never know when, when they might need it. Mm-hmm. And all of those things that you were just saying hold true for those of us who have children with disabilities. You know, yes. people say offensive things. People don't know what to do or how to respond. And like you said, we can teach them. We can set the tone. We can show them how to respond to our families. And so... Uh, I love that. And I love just all the encouragement. Oh my goodness. I was just making notes of some of the things you were saying here, just all the encouragement um, about how, you know, you've been living this life for six years now. Your your life is nothing what you thought it was going to be. Just like, you know, my life is nothing. Our listeners' lives, they just are not what we 
what we thought, you know, when we looked at our life as kids and what we thought our life was going to look like. But we can choose joy and we yes. can choose to see the beauty of this life. And so we ask all our guests at the close of each episode, and it sounds like you're doing all this all along the way, I'm, but what are ways that you rise above your circumstances and find joy in your story? I find joy in knowing that I can help others. Mm. I I want to help other people who who have been in a situation where maybe they maybe they've had to deal with um, workers' compensation. Maybe they've had to deal with um, not getting answers when they need answers, and just being able to give them encouragement and to to encourage them not to give up. I said, mm-hmm. you know, just because somebody doesn't return your phone call doesn't mean you shouldn't call back. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be persistent. Mm-hmm. And and I've been able to guide people who have been in accidents and say, you know, this is this is the way I did it. Now, it yeah. doesn't mean that this is going to work for you mm-hmm. exactly the way it did for me. Yeah. But to just give people encouragement to not give up, yeah. do not give up, do not give up hope and do not choose to be um, resentful. Mm. You, I've learned to choose through this. I have learned so much to lean on the Lord mm-hmm. and that he does provide mm-hmm. even when it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes mm-hmm. he always mm-hmm. provides. He always yeah. puts someone in our way to help mm-hmm. us. He always gives us what we need at the time. And it may not always be what we want and how mm-hmm. we want it, yeah. but he does give us what we need. Mm-hmm. And you had a choice all those years ago when that happened to be resentful, to be resentful at God, to be yes. resentful at your husband, to be, you know, all, all the things. But you have obviously chosen to not take that path. And, uh, you know, you've been able to walk this out with grace and seeing how God has shown up time and time and time again for you. And so I just appreciate so much your story. I appreciate you being willing to come on and share your heart. And I know that it will be such an encouragement to our listeners. So Connie, just I just thank you so much for your time. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you. And hopefully, I mean, you're just down the road. So hopefully yes. we'll get to meet in person sometime soon. Yes, that would be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rising Above with Becky Davidson, created and produced by Rising Above Ministries. To learn more about us and our resources for special needs families, visit risingaboveministries.org or download our free app. If you've enjoyed listening and want to hear more, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. You can always share it to encourage a friend. And remember, Joy can be found in every story.